You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the After Laugh. Um, I'm in a good mood today. I, I spent some time at the Self-Realization Temple at Lake Shrine in Santa Monica. And when I sat down to meditate, I ended up just writing really, really, really offensive material. So that's that that's, just means I'm in a good mood. And I'm in a very good mood because I have my, my friend Jenny Johnson here. Jenny Johnson, how you doing? I am good. You, what you just said you did today makes me seem like... <laughs> A pedophile or something. I just, <laughs> well, I just meditated. I was at this table. Oh. I'm like, I wrote some pretty decent cock jokes, and I felt really good about no, that. No, I li- this. Can I just? Can I, oh, you know what? Let's just do this, and okay. we're gonna we're gonna get to. But let me just because I just wrote it down. I don't even know if it's funny or not. Okay. So you're you'll be. So I will preface this by saying Jenny Johnson. I originally knew her from Jenny Johnson High Five mm-hmm. from Twitter. Yes. And this was in the days when like four people were actually funny on Twitter. I think it took a while. First of all, Twitter, they expanded the number of characters, which helped. It, yeah, it helped, but I don't know. It kind of, I don't like it. Yeah, because you were like, motherfucker, I was killing the game when it was like only 140 well, it characters. It was 140 characters, but I liked the, uh, I liked the challenge. Yes. And I didn't, like, I still don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit of like... I have a broadcast journalism degree. I minored in English, so like I'm very grammatically yes, aware. Succinct. And so I don't put like are you the letter R you know, like I wanna spell uh, everything out. Yeah. So I've challenged like That I, is a challenge. It was a mental thing that I never spoke about it. It was just personally oh my for God, me. That's so funny. That's so true. So if I was able to like get all the characters in, the only thing that sometimes I would do was the and Symbol. The ampersand. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would do that. But yeah. I didn't want to. But if I was like, okay. But ampersand has an old-timey hipster feel to it as well. Yeah, you I feel like I mean? Will and Grace. Or <laughs> <laughs> but that would be it. So it was like, I challenged myself so much, and it worked. And I and then now I'm like, you lazy kids with all your extra characters. Oh, you yeah. Know, now like, they're just like, not even. I mean, I will say this. The compromise, I completely get you because I was a grammar nerd. In high school, total grammar nerd in college. Yeah. And literally to the point where if I was dating a girl and she wrote like the you, your, the your, your the wrong right. way, I was like, bye. Yeah. Can't do it. It can't do it. Like you're like, dumb, later. I, I would try to tell like when I, I'm divorced, but my stepkids, I would, you know, like <laughs> my stepson still, he's he's a big grammar person like he like he does not like and i love that but it bothers him and because when people don't they don't realize like you can be whip smart at chemistry and math and everything you go to compose an email like a work email and you can't spell your way out of a wet paper bag yeah i'm reading this going you stupid motherfucker like oh it's the worst you dumb shit how do you not know you know what the worst is is like i said i've always been a grammar snob. I mean, strunk and white, the whole deal. This is this is Mike David, ladies and gentlemen. You know how Mia Morris has always been our. Uh, Jenny doesn't smoke cigarettes. Is <laughs> was that like the call sign for you? It's like a dog. <laughs> we have a neighbor, Mia Morris, who comes out all the time. And now Mike David, Mike Mike David will be the new. Do you have a, a handle you want to plug, Mike David? If you're 
to come out, welcome to West Hollywood. Yeah, if you're going to come out, West Hollywood's the place to be. He does the one-liners and they'll walk away. That's, I like it. <laughs> that's, was that was this planned? Was this staged? Never. The beauty of an outdoor podcast. I can't. Be, I I don't believe you that that wasn't staged. He literally walked around the corner, handed you a cigarette, lit it, and yeah. then walked off. It's great. Sometimes one time Brent Morin was doing this podcast, which is a great one if you guys haven't listened to it. Yeah. He, he's oh, I love quite him. a brilliant guy. Um, and he was in the middle of a George. really deep story <laughs> about like his his family trauma. He's like, yeah, and then like you know when when my grandpa died. Oh, cookies? Okay. Like a neighbor came by with cookies. It was great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I did a podcast one time. I have one with Danny Zucker that you've actually been a guest on. But Danny and I. Can I just pause you? Pause yes. the tape real quick. So great podcast. Danny Zucker, who producer, writer on Family Guy. He's executive producer on Family Guy. Uh, I mean, also, I'm sorry, Modern Family. Eat, modern, God, oh my God, because you said Family Guy earlier. Modern said, Family, modern, which, by the way. Very different, two very different shows. Not only very different, but like, I don't know. Fuck Family Guy. Modern Family is the shit. Like, I love fam- Family I'm Guy. I'm a South Park guy, so South Park and Family Guy, you kind of can't be both. I, I can. I, I have an appreciation. I Yes, very much so. I was I, like, no. No, I, I love Family Guy. I get excited, and I love South Park, and I love The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, I do like. That's fair. There's so many now. Like, I like F is mate. for family too. Like that's. I bet. How can you not love him? I mean, God, he's. I just so slobbered great. over his all over his penis. In my last podcast about his special. He's so funny. I just talked to someone at a comic day. I was like, yeah, I couldn't get through it. I was like, what is wrong with? Yeah, you? and we can't be friends. Like, I'm like let me guess. You liked Hannah Gadsby? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. By no. the way, I will say that I did watch all of Hannah Gadsby's special because I didn't want to be one of those people who was like. You know what? Fuck it. I don't want. To... I don't want to be one of those assholes on Fox News right. or MSNBC who's like, I'm not even going to. Well, it's pay a matter. It's a saying. matter of taste. It's like if you that's your stuff. That's the brand of thing that you like. You like like I don't understand that people like how how great your parents must have told you you were that you think you're an authority. <laughs> you know, somebody on Twitter that's like it sucked. I not what I wanted to see. Like oh yeah, but there's it's for someone. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, I was watching Hannah Gadsby, and I was definitely being triggered. I was definitely going like, and, and there are times it's just very intentionally a very uncomfortable thing to watch. Yeah. Because she, like, she doesn't rant. Like, when Bill Burr rants, it's a comic rant. Yeah. And it's anger for sure, but it's very crafted to get to a punchline. Oh. Sometimes Hannah Gadsby will just rant with no punchline even on the distant horizon. Right. And I'm like, this is a great off-off Broadway monologue, and it is. It's and a one-woman show. I mean, it's that's, a one-woman show. I think you have to change your expectations. Yeah, um, it, and and you know, she like this last, I guess the one that she's doing now, the new thing. Like she openly goes, some of this is going to make you uncomfortable. Some, you know, like she. Yeah, I kind of dig it. But I, yeah, I, I have no problem. With, <laughs> Bill, I just gotta connect. I love Bill. I think he's yes. just so. I thought I thought oh, his last so special funny. was his masterpiece, but I talked about it in my last podcast. But I will also say this, and I talked about it too. Mm-hmm. Purely parallel thinking because this is where we are as a culture. Yeah. There's only you know, there's like seven cultural movements happening right now. Yeah. And if you go, I'm gonna talk about this like male feminists. I've always said male feminists is like saying I'm a black panther. I've said that before. <laughs> and when he said I was like, motherfucker, I gotta X that out. He goes, You know who's ruining America? White women. Ah, I gotta X that out. Yeah. 
And then the other one was like, I used to say, oh, I care sign, like hashtag believe most women. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. so that, it made me feel good because I'm like, obviously I'm on the right track, but yeah. he has his audience. I do it in front of uncomfortable people in Long Beach. Yeah. So, oh, I do it all the time and I get, you know, I'll, I'll get put on, you know, shows that are, you know, all female lineup and, yeah. and then I'll come up and just, <laughs> I'll just ruin it. You know, like yeah. I ruin the whole thing. Like. I purposely have an opening joke that I have done, I had did forever, that was like guys, you know, like high school boys that rolled up next to me when yeah, I was jogging. And I love they, that joke. Yeah, but I do that joke. And then, so tell them the joke. Okay, the joke is like, you know, I got up and I was going for a jog and, and this car filled with high school boys, seniors, they slowed down and, and one of them rolled down the window leaned half his body out of the back seat and shouted suck my dick slut and i i just will let that sit with yeah. the audience and then i say still got it still got it still got it and i do that purposely because i want to set the stage mm-hmm. for what it's great and and i love when there's a reaction that's like thank you <laughs> like yes. some you know it doesn't have to be ta- everything doesn't have to be so precious and so yeah you know I talk about like when I was a sports producer, I was in the locker room constantly yes. for interviews. And did I experience yeah. sexual harassment? I'm like, I sexually harassed the shit out of those guys. Oh, yeah. I like, I wish I had a phone. Yeah, I would have right. taken pictures and I love that. selfies with their big that's ding so dongs. I, 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 I want to kind of look at Joe DeRosa. Just, do you know Joe DeRosa? Uh-huh. Um, shout out to Joe DeRosa, who is actually kind of blown up. He wrote this tweet that got really, really, I don't know if it got viral. It didn't get Jenny Johnson viral. But it got like a lot of. That's not always a good thing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. And he just was obviously like late at night. He had this rant, and he said something that really um. Uh, quit promoting your shit, Joe. Let me just look at your fucking tweets. <laughs> maybe, maybe That's the thing on Twitter. It's like you got to promote, but he people don't want to see it. You know. It's like he said, if you're, he goes, I'll say this now. If you want to take someone's job away, and this is obviously in reference to, uh, the guy from SNL. Who oh is yeah, in like hot water for a podcast. So be careful what you say, Jenny. Oh, um, I've already said. Goes, I'll enough. say this now: if you want to take someone's job away because you don't like a joke they made, Colin, fuck you. If you want to cancel someone over a joke they made when it's their job to make jokes, fuck you. Mute me, block me, unfollow me, unfriend me, fuck you. Right. And a lot of people in the comedy world were like, "Yeah, thank God for saying that." And I pretty much agree with that because at the end of the day, yeah, your job is to make jokes. Yeah. If you're not aff- if you're offended by the joke, that's fair. You have a right to be offended. You have a right to walk out. You have a right to never see this come again. But the idea that and you're you have trying a right to get to someone fired from yeah. their job just seems so. What, like even today, I saw like it's that it's this mob mentality now that's just getting worse and worse on online on you know social media on anything. Felicity Huffman gets sentenced to two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Two weeks, and people all of a sudden, you know, it's like they're digging up stories from. Look at this woman who was sentenced to seven years for this. You know, she she should be sentenced to what? Okay, that's a human being. She fucked up. She pled yeah. guilty. You know, like Michael Vick fucked up. He yeah. pled. You know, he served time. He still talks to kids about like his fuck dogs. up. Yeah. You know, no, it's like he screwed up. If you if you keep fucking up, well then I'm a forgiving person. You're supposed to be able to forgive. Yeah, people, but. If you keep fucking up, then yeah, I've got no time for you. But I'm, I, 
it's the idea that somebody's like lock her up for you don't know her that's a I know. and just to say or take his job away really though that probably the happiest day of that guy's life hired at saturday night live fire him because oh 10 God. years ago I, he I, you know the only thing i know about that and I, i'm blanking on the guy's name because i smoke too much weed. shane shane Gillis or something? Something like that, yeah. I think that's, um, that's actually... And obviously, to get a job at SNL, you have to be supremely talented. Like, no one on SNL 100%. is who is a hack. Yeah. So, he's obviously a super talented guy. And also, they hired, like, a white dude. So, he's probably extra talented. Right. Because I'm sure they're not like, we need a white dude. Yeah, it's like, we and don't have enough. on a podcast, he made it... He's, he said... You can't say the C word anymore, because that's been taken. Right. He said the ch word. Yeah. He said chink. Yeah. So, um... And, of course, that's an offensive word. He said it in the context of, like, an historical context of back in the day, people would see them coming like, oh, look at these chinks or something like that. So he was making a comment about the way people regarded Chinese people at this time in history. Right. So it wasn't even like, oh, man, this chink cut me off in trap. It wasn't anything. Someone's going to take that clip and just use that. Bill's yeah, that, anyway. that'll just be the, that'll be the <laughs> quote. That's the, you know, it's like, that's the clip. I hope I get so famous they use that. Anyway, so, um... Th- and it's not even so that doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense to me the way that they're trying to like lambast him and he the, but the problem I had is when that happened and I know what it's like to be a quote unquote artist and particularly in New York and a comic particularly in New York right because you're surrounded by people who are like man you gotta stick your ground you gotta blah 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 don't let these fucking people book you know all these people I'm not gonna apologize I'm gonna, and then, right then the corporate world is like apologize like oh, oh okay yes yes, yes yeah, yeah so he said he tweeted um if you're actually offended by this joke yeah he so he, he didn't did really the, apologize yeah it, but it was kind of I, I i actually kind of love the way that he did it yeah because it was it wasn't an apology it was like i'm sorry if you got offended yeah but I'm, you know like but that's it, like i think there's it's a, such a it, but it was it was like no man's land type it, of apology it, but like because of the context of what he said it was like you like it wasn't like he was pointing and saying that person and using yeah. that slur it's it that's not a you know you we're two white people sitting here we're not gonna we don't have permission to say yeah certain things and that's that's fucking life like that you yeah. know that that's part of it and when people get mad i'm like are you really gonna fight to want to you know but he sh- you know he shouldn't have said it but of course. but it wasn't in the context of yes. he he probably should have just said you know it's like the c word or the ch yeah. word or whatever like but he said it yeah and I don't think that his job should be taken not at all I, there, there's also a weird thing that I've noticed too people say well we want you to apologize now I don't know if you remember when Louis C K when all that went down. He did issue an apology. And at the time when he issued the apology, it was a very well-written, succinct, very sincere apology where he took full responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, I'm working on myself. It was an awful thing that I used to do. And um, I'm trying to be a better person. He he did basically like all the talking points that every liberal person on the planet wanted him to hit. Mm -hmm. Did it make a bit of fucking difference no at all because he's the guy that jerks off in front of yeah so it it, it didn't it didn't matter so if he if in a weird way if he hadn't apologized at all i'd be curious to see what the path would be because maybe there would be uh 
Well, that would mean he, if he hadn't apologized, then he hadn't owned up to it. The yeah, fact that he owned up to it meant, I, what I thought was horrible was that the, the female comedians that he did this in front of then felt the wrath of his fans for saying, oh, you fucking, yeah. you should have been, you know, thrilled that someone of his talent, you know, which is took awful. his, which is, is terrible. I mean, and I, like, I know some of them yeah. personally and, and I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, one of, you get your picture in People magazine after you've done stand-up for 20 fucking years and yeah. that's what you get yeah. the recognition for. I know. I like, mean, you, the, you don't want to be able to, like, type your name and Google your name and that's what well, there's also, pops up. Well, there's also the whole mafia mentality, which is deny, deny, deny. Mm-hmm. And he could have denied a lot of it. And he had for a long time and kept on trucking. And... Then when he finally admitted to everything, there's some stuff like over the phone, like you're masturbating over the phone. Like that's an easy one to say, like, I was doing push-ups. What are you talking about? I mean, he could he could have denied it. And he did. I respect that he didn't, but I don't think that the world writ large forgave him in any way. I so. think that he jumped back too soon. Is that what it is? I think that I mean, there's not a there's not an Emily Post manual for, <laughs> you know, when you're allowed to come back after jerking off, you know, yeah, I know. And non-consensually it, it, in front of. And I think that kind of ties into the Hannah Gadsby thing, because I, when I watched the Hannah Gadsby special just recently, it it, it I kind of was like, I get that why when it came out, it was right at the crux of all these movements coming forward. And mm-hmm. she really was able to galvanize the energy of the women's movement, the LGBT movement, like at, right at the pinnacle of all the frustration and anger they're expressing. And she expressed it. Yeah. So I was like, well, good for her. Now, if, if her special came out now, particularly after like Chappelle and I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if it had the same reaction. It might have been, who knows? Anyway, so um, we had segued from talking about grammar. <laughs> And, and Twitter. So let's 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 back up and let's get a little bit of the Jenny Johnson story, okay. so people don't know you. So you're born in Texas. Yes. I always like women from Texas. I don't know why. I think it's because there's something. Of, I, look, I'm not from Texas. I went to college. No with a, way. A lot of people from Texas. <laughs> yeah. I love I love exes from Texas. Um, and the, Texas, the only thing I can compare it to is people from New York. There's okay. a certain like this like. I don't know There's if it's a pride. arrogance. It's like a pride yeah, slash arrogance. Like, you know when someone's from Texas yo, and you know when city. someone's from New York. Yeah. They wear we, – it's like – yeah. you know, you wear it on your sleeve. Yeah. And I used to resent it and I spent a lot of time in Texas and I was like, yeah, I get – there is something kind of cool from being from this weird hybrid yeah. half Mexico state that's kind of – was at yeah. the forefront of, of Manifest Destiny for America. And I kind of get like – why they have this like they represent the sort of like badass party here's an example after the the le suis je suis charlie thing happened in france where they were killed for drawing pictures of muhammad um in texas they had a uh they had a let's draw muhammad contest yeah where was that at i forgot i forget somewhere in texas well it's pretty big it's like somewhere in florida (laughs) somewhere in texas doesn't matter it's in texas okay right the obvious challenge is there is like, you gonna you gonna do something, guys? Yeah. You can like hear the shotguns clicking. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I kind of was like, ugh, and I was kind of like, kind of. I kind of liked it. I kind of hated it. I kind, but it's it's definitely a Texan thing to do. Yeah. 
there's a there's certainly a a Texas way of things where people just you know just spurt things out of their <laughs> mouth. You know, it's like somebody is accused of something and they haven't even gone to you know court and but you know it's like you're charged. Well, take them out back and shoot them right in the <laughs> face. You know, and you're like, well, wait, <laughs> that's not yeah yeah. I mean, but the, yeah, it's when I was a well. So where in Texas were you from originally? Okay, I grew up in Bay City, Texas. What was it? Bay City? Bay City. I have no idea where that is. Bay City is between where Corpus Christi is and Galveston. So this is It's on the coast. This is, it's not like Dallas. Oh no, Dallas shouldn't even be in Texas. Now, Austin, I I actually lived in Austin for like five years. I loved it there. But I grew up in Bay City, small town, um... My connection with Dan Rather, as I always say, he was born, he's from Wharton, Texas. That's where I was born. We went to the same college. Okay. In in the Dan Rather Communications Building at Sam Houston State University. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, me and Dan Rather are the same person. And was your dad, was he like a Texas man? Very much. He He grew up on the King Ranch in South Texas. He was a chemical engineer. And my mom grew up. My parents could not have been more different. Like, my mom grew up only child in San Antonio. She had, you know, nannies and shit. My dad was like a good old boy, (laughs) you know, that just any T-shirt you gave him, you knew those sleeves were going to be cut out. (laughs) 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 Like, I would ask, like, what the hell do y'all have in common? He goes, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Your mother, nothing. But we love each other. Yeah. I'm like, well, good on y'all. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you grew up with guns, I imagine, yeah? You know, my dad, like, he had, he had guns and he hunted. My parents were married for 15 years before they had kids. So, like, Yeah, and when I would ask why, they'd go, well, we wanted to have fun before our lives were ruined. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Yeah, so my sister, she's two years older than me. It's just the two of us. And my dad hunted a bunch, like, growing up and everything. But by the time, like, we came along, he just liked going fishing. So we – I knew he had guns, but, like, yeah. we weren't – like, I, I went dove hunting with him a couple of times. We went shooting a few times, like, on the gun range or whatever. But, like, no, it wasn't, like, a big – yeah. It wasn't a big, like, Yosemite Sam. So when you were, I've always, every once in a while, I'll be at a show, and I'll see, like, a dude, like a man mm. with his kids, and I'll see three girls. Yeah. And I'll look at the youngest. I go, like, you know the only reason you exist is because your dad wanted a boy. The your th- dad, they were like, we can't have three girls in a row. Let's try one more time. Yeah. And of course he loves his girls, but like no guy has three girls because like, yep, let's have a roller derby team. Yeah. They hope- wanted to have a boy at the end. Did you feel that when you came along, your dad was hoping for a boy? He's like, and then you became like the tomboy? Were no, you a tomboy growing was, up? My sister and I are, you know, we're, we're very different. She's like, I'm 41. She's 43. We're legit the same people we've always been my sister was kind of born a 40 year old she was always just my parents never baby talked us or anything so she came in from babysitting she's like oh you were not gonna pour a glass of wine mom i'm gonna tell you what you know like of course she would babysit when she was nine because it was the 80s you know (laughs) you know what a parent would go hey can your nine-year-old come watch my baby sure well not but I just always was super silly. Like I, I was athletic and everything, but just I'm still the same person. Yeah. And so, and my dad had two sisters. He's the middle child, but his there was this huge age gap. But like his the oldest sister was like seven years older. The youngest was eleven years younger. And my dad was definitely treated different. You know, yeah. he's the boy, and he 
and my but the thing is my parents not once in my life i swear but not once did i ever hear them say like well you know you're a girl so that's going to be uh-huh. more it, i remember like 14 years old as a freshman in high school and i walked in and they go what do you what do you think you're going to be when you grow up and i said I, i'm going to be an anchor on espn and they went well your science grade sucks so you're not going to be anything unless yeah, yeah. you pick it was never this well you know I know you're a woman that that drives me up the fucking wall. I have a cousin that has a son and a daughter, and he's like, "Oh, well, you can't say do that with girls." I'm like, "Well, enjoy raising an asshole because yeah. <laughs> you you have to treat everyone different. I mean, everyone the same. When you treat each gender, yeah. When I oh god, when I hear so my little princess, I'm like, oh god, I want to uh. fucking come <laughs> unhinged. No, don't. Little princess is going to be an asshole. Yeah, exactly. You She's know, going to think, why aren't why isn't everyone else treat me like a little princess? That's the reason we see so much of this. Like, well, wait, what? I'm like, no, I was the I was like a Labrador. I was the youngest. My dad even told me, you're like the bottom of the toll pole. Like, you're the youngest, which makes you even less insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> he would tell me if if we're sitting somewhere and you see an older person, man or woman, that didn't like start to walk in and you don't get up and open that door for them. Yeah. I still do it. I yes ma'am, no sir, like Yeah. But it's that's how you're supposed to That's how you should you treat everyone equally. Now, did your dad uh was he a spanker? Was corporal punishment uh, part of the uh, you know, discipline? My like my mom and dad, but if I could probably count on one hand like how many times. Yeah. And it was for stupid shit for lying. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm gonna do really good on that map. You know? Yeah. It would be it was always for something dumb. You know what's so funny is I, we actually, bad kids. I talked to my parents about this recently. My dad was a boring Christian. So there's definitely a pl- a point where he was definitely like, spare the rod, spoil the child. Mm-hmm. My oldest brother bore the brunt of it the most. Uh-huh. One time I was fighting with me and my mom would always fight, probably because we're very similar. And I called my mom a bitch. I was like, you're not a bitch. I, I was probably a freshman in high school. My dad, who was a very peaceful man, mm-hmm. he bounded up those steps and spanked the fuck out of me. Like yeah. I was I was bruised. And of course I was crying, screaming, it was awkward. And you know, did I call my mom a bitch again? Of course not. Have I called a woman a bitch again? Only on stage. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, lesson learned. Like exactly, lesson learned. But my parents, a week ago, I went to visit them, and and it somehow came up. And my dad's like, "Oh, I still feel guilty." I was like, "Don't feel guilty right. about that, Dad." You had you, that I, coming. You, I I had that coming. Yeah, like you can't. You needed to learn boundaries, and you've pushed a boundary. Yeah, and you got checked for it. I don't have a problem with spanking. Like, don't abuse your kids for no reason but like every spanking i got i deserved it and it wasn't even that it hurt it was more shameful yeah the humiliation it was the humiliation of like oh my god i'm getting you know but i had it coming you know it's like i knew i fucked up yeah and that was a but my sister and i really weren't bad kids so there wasn't like yeah exactly but even to this day my mom just always assumed that we were gonna do something so she's like always on the defensive you know like yeah oh i remember i got like i was in eighth grade and this uh sixth grade boy i was (laughs) you'll laugh at this i was a cheerleader world's worst by the way (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to make cheerleader then i was like i don't want to be one i just wanted to make it and this boy pulled my ponytail and like 
I fell backwards and everything. And I got up, I ran after him and he had a hoodie on and I took that hood and I yanked his ass down and we both got sent and I never got in trouble, both got sent to the (laughs) principal's office and they're like, you have to call your parent. So immediately I'm like, I'll call my dad first. And he's like, at working at the chemical plant he's like we're in the middle of like a shutdown today i can't you're gonna have to call your mom we'll talk about it later i call my mom and i was like so i'm in the click she i mean the doors fling open she goes whatever you want to do to her do it i know she did it i ooh, i know it even i was about to get in so much trouble from the vice principal and he even was going miss johnson no 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 (laughs) really she just kind of took up for herself Mm -hmm. you know like uh this isn't actually a bad thing, but she's like, ooh, I knew. Mm. Uh-huh. Like, she was I just. I knew you were a bad egg. I knew you were just waiting 13 years before you were really going to get. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's how my, you know, that's how my mom would be. But my mom is like this, like, super confident, yeah. you know, person. And she thinks everyone loves her. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> I I wish I had, like, a quarter. <laughs> uh, delusion's the best. Yeah, she's like, oh, I went to something. Oh, God, they all love me. They think I'm so funny. I'm like, <laughs> amazing i, I wish i felt that way but so when you went to sam houston university sam houston state university sam houston state university in huntsville texas huntsville. I'll, I'll pretend also I know that uh, home of the texas department of corrections where they execute everyone oh really so that was a fun is that where they do the most executions in america well, that's where all the executions in texas happen oh wow there's one place yeah one so place. sometimes you're eating dinner and the lights just kind of flicker you're like oh, what was that <laughs> well so when I was there, it, you know, it's lethal injection. It's not the... Oh, okay. It, it's not the... Electric chair. Yeah. So lethal, lethal injection. Is, by the way, I, when I was in Saudi Arabia, you know, they do public beheadings. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to go to the beheading? No. Yeah, but um, It's like, not today. It's like, I didn't want to go to the parade. Feels, it feels so awful and barbaric and medieval. But there's a part of me that is like, there's something about lethal injection that sounds so simple and like it's an awful awful process where people are fighting their death as it's, they slowly it's it's beheading crazy. it's just like hey you're gonna be headed chonk no head yeah it, well beheading is not quite like a chonk i think it <laughs> it takes a little it bit takes a few it takes a well you gotta he- heads it. don't typically just mm, have you ever seen one <laughs> I, don't, I will never see one. Well, yeah you don't want to it's it'll scar you for life when i was a news producer where there was oh yeah yeah and i'm like i lost a lot of sleep over having seen some of that stuff it is yeah i I mean i'm like just almost to take them out back and shoot a thing would have been easier yeah yeah, yeah. you know because it's it's a it's a very brutal uh -uh. we had a firing squad in america until 1976 there's a little fun fact for people who want to learn something from this podcast the year my sister was born really Uh (laughs) 1976 Um, so sam houston state university Mm mm-hmm I don't know much about the history of Sam Houston, but oh. were you guys indoctrinated into believing that he was the second coming? Was Sam Houston like? No, no. no. I, what was his story? He was a uh, Sam Houston. So he, they're you know like the whole, like battle at Alamo and like Stephen F. Austin. Oh yeah, Sam he was Houston. one of the guys yeah, who yeah. was like remember yeah. the Alamo type of thing. And um, yeah, no, we weren't like led to believe that he was the second coming or anything. It was just the, the name of the university. <laughs> okay. So you, you go there for journalism, for broadcast journalism? For broadcast journalism. And that was something you wanted to do since you were young? Yeah, that's what I always wanted to do, and I did it. And uh, Did you like debate in high school and shit like that? No, no, no. It, it It's more like, like television. I always thought I kind of wanted to be – first I wanted to do sports, which I did. I was a sports producer, 
And then I kind of moved over to doing news. And as a producer, I thought I wanted to be on camera. And then I realized, like, I can't fake it that well. What like do you I mean? Can, like, I can't go... Oh, well, today we've got a big, you know, like, I couldn't do it. I would start laughing. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, we're at this food drive, and boy, is the energy <laughs> exciting. Like, I would just start fucking laughing. There's just no way I could do it. And as a producer, though, I mean, you write what the anchors are saying. You write this everything. It's in the teleprompter. You yeah. time the show out and everything. And I loved doing it. It was fun. I worked in Austin, San Antonio, and Houston, I had a great time, and then I was like, okay, I think I, I've tapped out of... Did you have an ability while you're writing a teleprompter to be like, let me slide in something a little funny here. No. I'll write, write a little line that's going to no, work. No, you couldn't do that. Couldn't that, do that. Would, that would be a... It was kind of by the book, okay. Yeah, it had to be by the book. You, okay. There's like libel laws and things that you have to follow. Of course. Yeah. At what point were you... Um, so obviously comedy came a little later for you. Were you always like the funny one of your friends? Was it something that like... Yeah. You, found later i always would throughout everything even when i was uh, a sports producer when i was a news producer i'd always like write comedy on the side like i would write oh, like a little like for little freebie publications around town or i was always like doing articles about yeah yeah little columns and something or just something and i just did it on the side and it you know i'm sure it just fell on deaf ears i mean it just circulated <laughs> through no one but it was fun for me to be able sure. to, it was like a nice outlet after writing about hard-hitting, you know, oh, good, you know, a grandma accidentally backed over a three-year-old <laughs> And you're like, I need to do I something to, yeah, exactly. to not want to, you know, flush my head, you know, <laughs> down the toilet. And I, so I was doing that always on the side. My friends are really funny. Like, the friends that I grew up with are still, like, my closest friends today. Yeah. And they're all very funny. They, none of them are in comedy, but they are, they're all pretty fucking funny. And they say funny, so you're like, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> if if any one of them actually do something, I'm like I actually may say that on stage, but I'll give you full credit. Don't worry. <laughs> so you're doing now. I, I'm always fascinated by the fact that you would go into locker rooms mm -hmm. as a girl. Probably at that time, not a lot of females were going in locker rooms. Yeah, I mean, no, there were. I mean, there were. Obviously, there's the majority are guys, but yeah. And when you went in in the locker room, and like what what sports were you? Most all of them. All I mean, it would, yeah. So NBA, NFL, uh, and Major League Baseball, NCAA, Baseball. NFL, yeah, everything. And athletes. But what people forget about athletes is they're they're young. Like it's a young. Oh yeah, they're like. And I and when I was doing sports, I was young. Like I had hadn't been out of college, you know, so that long. So you showing up and, and Jenny, she's a very attractive woman. You, you show up to Stop a it. room uh, full of yeah. hyper testosterone. Right. Man boys, I would show just up and they're try. the cows. Oh, they, 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 I mean, they, they must have just messed with you. And well, so, you know, like a lot of the guys, I have to say, for the most part, the majority of them are very respectful. Sure. Like, and, and the the players, like if you go into the locker room of an NFL team, you know the people that you're supposed to interview because yeah. the other reporters and producers are in there too. So it's like you want the quarterback, you're gonna want the running back, you're gonna want the wide receiver, whatever. But then there's going to be like this giant offensive line, you know, these just humongous dudes. And I do like, I just would try to like look at a point on the wall and not look because sometimes purposely would walk by like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, ah, it's chilling, chilling, chilling. Are they, do they walk around naked and stuff? Uh, some do, some don't. Like a lot there of there must the be a strict protocol. Like 
by the way, you're not supposed to be naked when the reporters come in. No. Well, the thing is, I looked at it as, look, I'm in their locker room. Yeah. Like, I'm in their safe space. If this is, they're coming out of showers. This is, I, I'm in here, not like. So if they want, if somebody comes out naked, they come out yeah. naked. Yeah. A lot of the guys will like have a towel, and the, they may even say like, "Excuse me for a second. <laughs> and you know, like you turn and let them, yeah, you know, put their you know shorts or whatever on. But yeah, I mean, I came into their shower, so it's yeah. like. Let me ask a hard hitting question: Who oh, had right. the biggest dick that you saw out of all of the sports? Okay, never mind. This joke. That's a joke, but I'm also serious. But I'm also joking. But I'm serious and I'm joking. Um, I'll tell you later. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Anyway, so um, <laughs> what sport was? <laughs> what locker room was I in? Um, so you're you're doing that for a while, and that must have been a lot of fun, obviously. But you weren't you weren't like doing the ESPN job. No, no, I was working for local. A local, but you were yeah. like doing the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Sports. So I was I was covering, you know, I was a sports producer, TV sports and producer. How long did that last? Um, I did that until so from like two. I mean, my first job out of college was I like, <laughs> I worked as a, uh, I got a job like rolling the teleprompter, like okay, yeah. Windexing the anchor, you know, pinning the microphones on the anchors. I was making literally, I made more money working at Chili's when I was in college <laughs> than I did there. But I had a, I did an internship in the sports department after I graduated because I, my dad made it clear I don't play golf with any, news directors or anyone so if you want to if you want to get up. a job you, you, there's not a family member i can call and help you out yeah you know so i went ahead and my degree did not require me to have an internship yeah but i went ahead after i graduated and i did one because it got me a foot in the door so i i was an intern in the sports department at the local fox station in austin yeah and the right when i finish that the first job that became available was like camera operator oh you're a camera operator. i was i saw on the morning show and i rolled the teleprompter and made no money but that was my foot in the door yeah and then i would just start doing like and you knew I'd what you stay, wanted to do and you yeah just stuck with it yeah so i was like okay i'm gonna get here at this time leave at this time but i'll spend a little extra time in the you know sports yeah. you know just you do what you gotta do to so and to that, at, at some point you become a successful sports producer mm hmm um, which I imagine is a pretty decent life and a decent life. Yeah, down oh, there. yeah. Very and, fun. And then when did – so comedy came about – I, I definitely want to have a journey into comedy because, like I said, my first experience with you was Twitter. Was Twitter your foray into comedy? Was that how that started Twitter, happening? Yeah, Twitter was the thing. Like my whole life, like I love comedy, like movies, and you know that was something my – just growing up I loved. Like anything, all those – airplane to me greatest movie yeah. ever of all, of all time anything mel brooks did any you know like that was always something that i think as a kid i mean i'm growing up in bay city texas a town of like eighteen thousand people I, I didn't think like wow i would ever be in it like yeah. i am now and i always like love stand up i love like george carlin and richard Pryor. like so you grew up watching these specials mm -hmm, yeah, i okay. loved it and i just never i guess i don't know if i just didn't think like i could do it it's, or it's just, a it's a it's a weird jump for anyone to think oh yeah. i can do that number one and also i imagine as a woman to think i can do that is even a bigger leap see i never thought brain. it as a woman because that would have uh, occurred good point solid point <laughs> yeah but it was when twitter came about i was working in houston as a news producer 
and is sick as this sounds like if there were when myspace came along when facebook it's like okay everyone needs to get on this new this thing, new thing yeah. because if you know that's public information on facebook if kid wraps his car around a tree we need to pull a picture yeah i know that sounds morbid but it's true So twitter was also tied into your job in this yeah way, that's yeah. the that's actually why i even got on it and what it, year was this when i don't remember, uh that would have been like 2009 okay ish I think, yeah, because it's been like 10 years, so 2009. Yeah. And I just immediately followed, like, CNN breaking news. Like, I don't – and then I just – when I started kind of, like, just dicking around looking, I was like, oh, there's, like, Sarah Silverman's on it. I, I like her. Yeah. Oh, this per – you know, so then I started kind of following comedians, and I realized, oh, they're just writing their jokes. They're, like, tr testing their jokes kind of. Yeah, and I thought, well, I've been writing all this shit on the side. I'll just start writing jokes. And it so to go from just zero followers mm -hmm. to, oh, cool, I got like 10 people. 10 people who want to hear what I have to say. Yeah, and then how cool. And that was also back when, you know, people would do a follow Friday. Like, uh -huh. do you remember that? Like, encourage oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. people to follow other people. So, yeah, what was your what was the first moment where somebody, I don't know, of import, for lack of a better word, like gave uh, you attention? You were like, what the fuck? It was like Patton Oswalt. That's like, a pretty good name. Retweeted a few things, and then do you remember like, what he first retweeted? I don't remember what he first. retweeted. I probably like have that framed in my wall. But I remember him then tweeting, going, "Everyone has to follow." This oh, so person. you were follow Friday, Friday, Pan Oswald. Yeah, and all of a sudden it was like I had to turn that notification thing off when you get would get a bling, new bling. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that I I didn't have the bling thing, but it was like, why do I have this many emails? Like yeah. this is crazy. Oh my god! And then I'm looking and seeing like, holy. Jim Gaffigan's following me? Like, what the... F like, yeah. holy shit. And I just kept writing. You know, it was like, whatever... And the thing that was kind of cool about it was I was just doing this completely anonymously. Like, even... The people that I worked with in the newsroom didn't, didn't know. know. It was... it was The tag was Jenny Johnson High Five. High five. Well, I tried to get Jenny Johnson and some chick, like, took that name, tweeted a bunch of letters and numbers one time, <laughs> and that was it. And, I like, much later on, someone at Twitter goes, we can give you that name if you want it. I go, I think it's a little late. <laughs> I'll just stick with that. I like high five, so we'll just do HI number high five. And so it was just weird. All of a sudden, like, 500, 1,000, you know, like, it just, yeah, it was crazy that all of a sudden I got this attention for just writing jokes yeah. you know i'm sitting in a newsroom in houston texas writing jokes and then like i remember at one point i, I wrote something and someone kind of turned around and go is this is this fucking you and oh, i was wow. like mm -hmm, yeah yeah it's me and do you new remember one of the first things that you wrote that you're like that people um really retweet i mean i remember i don't i don't have nearly the followers you have on twitter i, I can't break through the twitter the twitter illuminati mm -hmm. the twitterati as it were but um, I don't know that anyone can. I think now. one time I wrote like, uh, I went to a club and the music was playing. I raised my hands in the air, but no matter how hard I try, I still cared. <laughs> and it was just like a stupid thing, but it got like yeah, hundreds of retweets. I was like, I'm on my way. Yeah, mine was. I feel like at first when I was writing jokes, they were. I don't know if this has ever happened with you. Like at first, I was kind of writing what I thought other people would think was funny sure and then at one point i wrote something that i thought was funny yeah and that was the difference and it was making fun of um like facebook moms at that point it was like you know and i was 
I was like, look, I'm not praying for your kid with the sniffles and wet farts, you know, like, I'm sorry, <laughs> Facebook moms or whatever, you know, like, and I think I even put like, dear whores turn moms, <laughs> you know, from high school, like it was something like that. And that got like, people yeah. were like, thank, thank you. God. Oh, thank you. Because who are they fooling with this? Yeah. You know, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just keep doing that. Because that made me laugh. And I thought no one else would like it. Yeah. And then I really started going, well, yeah, like maybe... Stop trying to think for other people and just yeah. write what you think is funny. And that's what I did. Yeah. And, it, and it, then the next out. step, and I think um, this is almost urban legend at this point mm -hmm. with you, is you picked a fight with Kim Kardashian. Am I right about that? Or I don't know if the word picked, the f if that's the right I wouldn't say like I picked a fight and it was more of... I, I was just, it was like the laziest form of joke writing would be the celebrity retweet. Yeah. So you what know? would you, how would that, what would so that So it would be like, it, I mean, she blocked me years ago, so. But she did engage with you at first, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. And the, but, but the it, idea that but Kim, it was, it was she like, engaged with you a little bit is big in that world. Right. But to me, it was just funny. Like, she would post things like, oh my, <laughs> it was like, oh my God. I had a crying baby next to me on my flight from Paris to Los Angeles. And I was like, look, if I was sitting next to you, I'd cry my fucking eyes out too the whole way. <laughs> and, and then it would be like, uh, everyone, please pray that I make my – I'm like, sorry, cancer kids. The prayers, we got to get this one on the flight. Or Oh, my God. It was only things that were like – it was celebrity stupidity. Yeah. It was like you you live in this bubble that mm. – and nothing I said, and I've often like – I think people would maybe say that I was like trolling, trolling or being, exactly. being a bully or but something. Like, like but these were actual jokes. Yeah, I, I, I never said something that was like, you know, offensive. Like when she, when she was first pregnant with the the first kid, uh -huh. and uh, all these people that followed me. I I and sad to say I got this more than I care to mention. Don't you hope she has a miscarriage? Ooh. And I was like, no, no, I wish her a healthy yeah. happy i'm just gonna tease her about posting stupid shit but i don't want bad things to happen to this person this is yeah. not like what the fuck is wrong with you like yeah you're, you hope someone has a miscarriage so the actual trolls were like be our troll king be right. our troll queen but but people you and i know you know this like people don't get jokes like i can i could write a joke and then someone will come along and try to rewrite it or like add yeah. to it to be funny. And it would, it's mean. It's like, what about how fat someone's got? I never talk about like, yeah, I would never talk about somebody someone's being weight or, weight or, or, or their looks or their kids. It's something their, they said that you'd throw back at it's them. It's just the stupidity. It's yes. just the like posting something that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And you have to like, it's just easy. It, it and I would only do this. I would only go to her page when I couldn't think of something to write. I'm like, I know there's going to be a gem sitting there when I go and look. And, oh, boom, there it is. There it is. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. So she was in a weird way. She was sort of like a cash cow, but like a Twitter cow. So we, I don't mean cow like that. Or cash. So, I didn't make anything. So in hindsight, I probably did. Um, she did engage with you at some point, right? Because I, th I think I actually read an article about it. I think someone. I think you're thinking of Chris Brown. 
Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, it wasn't Kim. Yeah, Kim Kardashian. She engaged like a little bit, but then it was Chris Brown that... Yeah, so I want to hear that story. By the way, <laughs> no, I hope nobody listening to this has any empathy for Chris fucking Brown. Well, it's like what, what I said. What a piece of garbage. If someone, if you fuck up once and you show remorse and you don't do it again, I'm okay with you. I, I'm yeah. a forgiving person. When you fuck up and fuck up and fuck up and keep fucking up and show no remorse and you're just angry and pissy... I'm going to make fun of that. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Sure. I'm going to. I'm not sorry. But <laughs> I just got into like a, he tweeted something. I came back with a smart ass. You don't remember what the what the oh, initial opening salvo was. You do. Yeah, I do. Just say it. Okay. So he, he posted this picture of himself and he wrote like, I look old as fuck and I'm only 23. Uh-huh. And I said, I know being a worthless piece of shit can really age a person. <laughs> Which is a solid point. It was a solid joke, and I I remember like tweeting that and went send you so clever threw my phone down and back to the football game that I was watching, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden my phone's ringing. People, are like, you might want to get back on Twitter right now. I think he's really, <laughs> and, and I stu- it, it was like the Sunday after Thanksgiving of all days, so that's when you're really lazy. You know, you're just like, oh, fuck, I'm watching football. Oh wait, what? Uh, and I engaged in it, like. And well, every, what did he say? Oh, he, he was like, you know, it, oh, it was all this misspelled shit too, like, you know, for me to suck his dick and called me a hoe, Whoa. and then I was like, hoe is H O, not H O. You know, <laughs> I just kept coming back at him with because everything he wrote was just was silly. It's like you don't engage with a fucking writer, like you just. Yeah, exactly. That's that's not going to work out for you. Right, and so I just kept going back and forth and i thought it was funny and then he deleted his entire twitter account oh he deleted his account for like three weeks and that's when it got like oh shit uh-oh and i remember like Wait, by, by the way were you getting were his fans coming after you oh my god i had so many misspelled death threats so many misspelled death threats someone even that's called not me. how you spell death oh my favorite one was like you some, what was it? Something called me an asshole, but spelled whole as incomplete with a dumb <laughs> ass hole. The whole ass. And I thought it, I, I really didn't like it. was like that, that evening, that Monday, I got up early. I just, this is a true story. Just imagine that's like, and at this point, keep in mind, I had, I had gotten myself about like 300 plus thousand followers all on my own. Just, like, oh, just, so before Chris Ryan, you had 300,000. Yeah, I had already done so this. So you had a pretty big platform. At I had already had a good, you know, like, but I had done all this myself. You yeah. know, like I took pride in that. I hated when people said that's how I got. Sure. You know, it's I like, mean, getting 300,000 followers is not an easy task. You have yeah, to be clever. Just based on being a no one and used to like yeah. no one knew who I was. So I, you know, I took offense when people said that's how I became popular on Twitter. And I, and I don't like that I there's an association constantly with me to Chris well, Brown. Getting his like, account deleted because you... I just imagine his publicist just probably got... Because well, like, he kept Chris. like saying like he was going to do shit to me and I'm sure his publicist and he, and is like, to a woman? tweeted that? <laughs> he didn't DM these things to you. No! By the way, what's so crazy about that is because obviously he did that now. You could get him hashtag canceled. I mean, that's like the type of thing like... He deleted he, his own Twitter account and it was for like three weeks. Yeah. And I wouldn't have even tried to do that. I thought it was funny. But then the next morning I got up real early and, and uh, I just remember I walked by, I turned my TV on and it was on CNN. 
and I just like walked to the kitchen and I heard comedy writer Jenny Johnson and I mean I wanted to, uh? I wanted to throw up. I was like, huh? oh no 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 no! I have to call my mom. Oh no! Oh no! This is on CNN. It was on CNN. National CNN. CNN. Wow. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I get one of my friends in New York goes, yeah, they're just talking about you on the View. No 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 no! Oh no! At this point, I had already like. Uh, I I was doing comedy full time at this point. Oh, you were doing comedy full time at this point. Okay. I was doing comedy full time at this point, but I was still living in Houston, yeah. and I had I would come out to LA a bunch, and I had managed to get myself a good agent, a good agency, and a manager. And I remember my manager calls, and she was like, "Uh, what'd you do, Jenny? What what <laughs> what happened? Because I'm getting a lot of phone calls here." And I was like, "Well." There was no part of you like this is good. This is no. Good. I was no, I was just, humiliated. You were humiliated. You were you scared? Just humiliated. I was. I was just. I was humiliated, and I, I had offers to well, do. I, let me ask you this. What? But what was the? You're humiliated. But what was the response you're getting? Were people like, "How dare Jenny Johnson do this?" Or was it like, "Good for her well, for calling I, him out"? I wasn't really reading a lot of like okay. when when I looked and started reading things on Twitter. It was like I was just getting. There were so many death threats. Like, it was ridiculous. Wow. And I started realizing, like, these are from his fans. And a lot of them, I think, were, like, 13, 14-year-old kids yes. that, that don't know how to use their words and manage their feelings. And their parents are not there yes. monitoring their and, – and it's like, I love him and you took this from me, so I hope you die. And, you know, it was just – it just made me sad more yeah. than anything. And, and there were plenty of people that were, like – Oh, you're doing this because of you know she's. Pro I was probably some battered woman. I'm like, no, and my dad didn't beat my. I was never hit. I just he's a asshole. Yeah, that's why I did it. And so the only thing I ended up doing was I wrote a piece for GQ, just like clearing the air. And did the they come to you or did you? I had been writing that? for them, okay. uh, like just doing freelance work for them, and I was getting all these. I mean, I got invited to be on The View. I got invited to be on Larry King. no? No. I said what no. What the fuck? Because that's not what I – that wasn't my intention. I would pick a fight with Chris Brown right now if I could get on Larry <laughs> King. Hey, but, Chris Brown, if you're listening, fuck you. Yeah. No, I didn't want that because it's like I wasn't – I didn't do it. It literally was me watching football. I couldn't think of something to – you know. Bye -bye, yeah. It, it was just – It that's not – that wasn't my intention and it's not – how I wanted to get attention. Yeah. And so I completely, I said no to everything. And then finally, after a while, I it just, it felt like it wasn't dying down. Uh -huh. I just assumed it would die down pretty quickly. And, and it did. At this point, he's come back on Twitter. Um, or this all the three weeks where he's no, been. No, he still off. hadn't come back on Twitter. Yeah. So it was still. So that happened fast. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, I wrote this like just clearing the air, like, look, I just, I'm not, I'm, this is not an apology. I just want to make some facts known here. And I just, so I wrote this piece and I thought, okay, that's, that should be it. Yeah. But, you know. But you just stoked the flames. Well, it was, it actually made a difference. But once he got back on Twitter, then it was fine. Yeah. Like, he got back, <laughs> blocked me appropriately. I never even followed him. I just would manually type his name in when I couldn't <laughs> think of something. So I blocked him. He blocked me. And that was. And that was it. That was it. Yeah. And you've never seen him again. Yeah, I've never. I couldn't imagine if I ran into. What if into, you saw Chris Brown? I would be like, guess who? 
<laughs> I hope so. And you know what? I, hope I actually that... would. I would probably go up to him and go, hey, that was me. Sorry about that. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't say sorry, I... but I would just be like. I'd like to think that he has a sense of humor about it. Well, you know what I said, like, and I've said this before. I don't regret what I did, but I wouldn't do it twice. That makes sense. You know, I have, I just live and learn. I'm like, that was something that I didn't for a second believe would escalate into what it did. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I look back. Yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't my finest hour sitting there exchanging vulgar back and forth with someone. Well, but, but see, because I'm getting kind of stuck on this because I think that um, I-, I love it. I think that it's amazing that Chris Brown has been able to sneak by. And for some reason in the culture of Me Too and the culture, a very pro-woman culture, and, it, and, it, and it, where we're trying to make an amends for an awful passive misogyny and sexism, uh, g- good on you. That yeah. a guy who beat his girlfriend to, to a bloody pulp. Yeah, and and never really apologized for it. Well, here's like the kind of one of the most fucked up things about that entire situation. When that happened between him and I, he he had gotten Rihanna got back together with him. She yeah. was with him in a hotel room in Amsterdam when this happened. And between, they took photos and shit, right? Right, and but that was at the exact moment when this happened with him and I. Yeah. So it was fucked up to me. She even tweeted like, like shit at me. Yeah. Like talking. I'm you like, don't know what's going on. Yeah. I'm like, okay, dude, I'm not. And I wasn't, I didn't tweet anything. Like It wasn't because I'm such a Rihanna fan. Yeah. I just think the guy's an un- unapologetic asshole. Like he had gone on uh good morning America, Robin Roberts, like ask him one question. He goes in the dressing room and threw a chair out the window I think I heard about that. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, what a great guy! Okay. You know, he had already used homophobic slurs. That, like, he he just there was no, there was no remorse. There was no, yeah. You know, he just kept doing bad things, and that's why I was like, well, I'm gonna like fuck, I'm gonna make fun of this guy because he's not sorry for what he did. Now, this is something. This is a theory that I have, and let me know if you think this is true. Okay. <sighs> So, and I don't think it's controversial. It's a theory. I don't think I'm going to get hate from this. But when Harvey Weinstein, when that came out, right? Right. And when the Woody Allen stuff intensified, and when a lot of people got taken down in the Me Too situation, one of the things that I noticed, I couldn't help but noticing, was that it was never someone at the top of their game. It wasn't Harvey Weinstein after after Pulp Fiction, when he'd already been doing it for 15 years at right. least. Um, and everyone knew. I knew when I was in graduate school at, at, at NYU that he was doing this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm, who the fuck am I? And I knew about right. it. So obviously Meryl Streep knew about it. Obviously all these people knew about it. They knew, but they right. didn't know. It was like the willful ignorance, whatever it is. Yeah. But um, it's no coincidence to me that his downfall coincided with the release of like Tulip Fever. Which is a piece of shit movie that made zero dollars. I've never even heard of a Tulip. That was his last movie that he was like the lead producer on. Right. So I guess my point is, if he had been a producer on, you know, the the new Hobbit or Star Wars, or he was, or Avatar, or something, he was still at the helm of producing a huge franchise. 
somehow this stuff would have been mollified for another five years until he became box office poison. Because by the time it came out about Harvey Weinstein, everyone fucking knew it. He was no longer the box office king he was. And I find that true with like Woody Allen wasn't making money with his movies anymore. All of a sudden, all these people who are kind of fading into relevance artistically, then they got held up. And then you hear like, well, Jamie Foxx whipped my dick in the face in Vegas. And did you hear anything about that? No, because he still has, you know, a thing. So but like, I, but Louis C.K. was on top of his game. Yeah, I guess he, I guess he was. But I also think if his last movie was better, maybe. But I don't think he's known for his movies. I mean, he's yeah, been in true. them, but he's not known. Like, I don't know people that are like, oh my god, Louis C.K. movies are like. But it's kind of like when Roman Polanski did The Pianist, like all of a sudden, like somehow he was forgiven because it was an Oscar worthy movie. And I just find that it, it gets but me forgiven angry. by who it's uh, like you're forgiven. Here's another example. Yeah. Morgan it, Freeman. People are making money right? off of Morgan Freeman's iconic. Right, right. He's a piece of shit. The amount of stories of Morgan Freeman sexually harassing women is mm-hmm. insane and abusing women is insane. Yeah. And it's out there. Well, Kobe Bryant right? won a fucking Oscar. <laughs> it's true. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and that girl, read, read the even his account, like his deposition, that girl, Kobe Bryant's attorney accidentally said her name five times yeah, yeah. in the courtroom and they just made her into a whore. And then yeah. you have Laker fans because, you know, obviously the most important thing is basketball, mm-hmm. not, you know, not raping people. Yeah. And, you know, that the girl backed out of that because she couldn't handle the she was a 19 year old girl she couldn't handle the harassment she was getting yeah and i you know but it went away like the kobe thing they're retiring his because jersey because he was still in his prime yeah and but even now it's like i don't see he fell through the cracks and it it's baffling to it's me it's baffling yeah but like there's so many people like the it but with harvey weinstein like i had heard that he was a you know but what I've never met the guy. I, you know, who? But somebody has to be the one to come forward and take all the shit. Exactly. And and that is that's, that's a, a scary proposition to anyone. That I mean, to be the one that's like. And look what happened with Rose McGowan. Look how yeah, gaslit she got. But but then the, um, the chick, the Bill Cosby chick. You know, like it took one person, this woman, that took him to court. Bill Cosby, for. 53 women come forward and I think 53 women yeah and then I think for each one of those I bet there's like 15 or 20 more that didn't of course because they're like look I never told my husband I'm a grandma now like I don't want to he's already you know it's like I don't I don't need to come forward but you look at the Larry Nassar the gymnastics guy you know it takes a really ballsy motherfucker to be the one to go I don't care like I'm coming forward this yeah. person did this. I don't care if it ruins my career. You know, like that. If something happened to you, it's so much easier to stay quiet. Yes. And you know what's interesting now with new media and new markets, and this ties into Bill Burr again. And he's talked about this in specials. Bill Burr is kind of his own studio at this point. Totally. Like yeah. the money he makes is independent of any corporate interests. Yeah. He has a lot of money already. He has lots of sponsors. Mm-hmm. Some of them may pull, but he'll have other sponsors come out. Right. And so everything beyond his podcast, which gives him all this money and his stand-up and clubs and stuff and theaters, is just extra. 
So right. he's not beholden to corporate interests. So I always thought in the Harvey Weinstein thing, which is interesting, is someone like a Meryl Streep, or there had to be people that are, are women or men that were on par with Harvey Weinstein that weren't afraid. And at that point, who weren't like, hey, man, like Rose McGowan was obviously not going to be the one powerful enough to bring Harvey Weinstein down. It needed to be someone else. Yeah. To, and I'm always amazed that that more men didn't come forward or because they wanted to work. He was they wanted to work, but yeah. wasn't someone big enough to be like, I don't care if I work with Miramax again. I'll work with these people. But like um, like the thing, I don't I don't want to like speak out of class. But Mira Sorvino, uh-huh. like she dated uh, Quentin Tarantino for like four years. Yeah. And when she was with him, I'm pretty sure like what I read, she was protected, you know, like she didn't, you know, get the Harvey Weinstein shit. But when her and Quentin broke up, that's when he and all of a sudden she went from winning an Oscar to she couldn't get work work again. It's like that makes no fucking sense. And when uh, what's she was supposed to be cast in Bad Santa, the Lauren Graham role Uh in Bad Santa. And apparently the director of that said, oh, Harvey had said she was difficult to work with. It, you That's know, like, all it took. So she, you're blackballed from Hollywood after winning of Oscar. And your dad's fucking Paul Sorvino. I'm surprised he didn't put a fucking hit out on. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? But that's what it, you know, that's all, that's how powerful. Do you think that exists anymore that someone has such monolithic power over the industry? Or do you think because of the new media, like that, like I they're do. more afraid of the people's I do. I think that there's that. always, there's a power. I mean, it's just like yeah. the power that people have. And when somebody's like, look, I still want to work and I still need this fucking, these paychecks. So I don't know. Like, I, I didn't hear any, you know, like just trying to play, just turn a blind eye, play dumb. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that with, I'm sure there's other people out there. Yeah, I know this. I mean, the, it's all very hypothetical. It, it ties into, I think human nature is played out in a joke that happens in tons of sitcoms and tons of silly mm-hmm. movies where a guy like a drill sergeant will be like, if any of you people think that Sergeant blah, 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 should be fired from the job, step forward. No one's and like, fucking doing and that. And someone look, and they look at each other like, we're going to do it. And then the one guy steps forward and everyone else stays there. It's like, guys, I thought we were all stepping forward and you're standing back there. Yeah. I think that's just what happens. Like, yeah, and now you're going to beat the shit with a pillowcase full like, of I, bars of soap. <laughs> this is such a small example, but I got fired from an off-Broadway uh, play in New York. Uh, the director... Uh, shout out to John Hickok was like going through a divorce. He was on sleeping pills. He was just a fucking asshole and he was an asshole to everybody. And he'd fired two people already. And the core group of actors were like, if he fires any of us, we're just not going to show up for work. We're going to quit. And one of the actors was Chad Lowe, who was a buddy of mine. And we're Twitter friends. He's great, by the way. I love Chad. I've never met him in person, but we follow each other on Twitter. Say, Say hi to him for me, will you? On Twitter, um, <laughs> but we, we were really cool, and then um, so we had this hey, we're like the off Broadway version of friends, like one for all, all for one, we're gonna like stand together. And I got I got fired from you, from the play, you held up your end of the bargain, and then I was like, guys, are you shutting up for it? They're like, look, man, I can't be the one to shut down the production. I was like, 
fucking hell. I thought we were yeah. in agreement. I thought and, we you know, like... Now I look back, I'm like, I was so naive. Why would I ever think that someone would just not go to work because I got fired? You right. Know? So I think that ties into a lot. By the way, back to the Bill Cosby thing. I wrote a uh, article for Punchline Magazine years ago because I dated a woman who's Adrian Hurd, and her sister was Michelle Hurd, who's a very successful actor, and was an extra on The Cosby Show. And Michelle grew up in New York. Her, her dad was in Cassavetti's films. Uh, she was a savvy, is a very savvy, smart uh, woman. And she... Um, told me, you know, Bill Cosby, like people knew that he was kind of creepy. And one time Bill was like, hey, Michelle, I wanted to like mentor you, take you under my wing, come back to my mansion in Squirrel Hill or whatever it is. I want you to read some lines with me and like, I'll give you some acting notes or whatever, because why not get acting notes from the guy who's in Leonard part six? So, um, she goes <laughs> over to his, look at me, I'm in my fucking yard. Anyway. So, um, she goes to his place and she, I think she's 17 at the time. Maybe she's 16 or something like that. She goes to his place and he was like, you know, and she had like very curly hair. She's half white, half black, had very curly hair. And he goes, you know what? I, I'm wondering how your hair would look straight. It might be a better look for you. I was like, why don't you take a shower, see how your hair looks when it's like straight and Shut wet. Up. And then come out and like, like just me, me, danger. Yeah. She's like, no, I don't think I'm gonna take a shower. As a matter of fact, I gotta get home. And she left and she knew yeah. this isn't right. She knew where this it was going. This guy's fucking creepy. Yeah. So she went back to the set and she told a friend of hers, like, man, like, Bill, I don't know. I think that guy's like, blah, blah, blah. And people were like, what, really? And sure enough, the friend that she told a couple weeks later, he's like, hey, why don't you come back to Squirrel Hill? The friend went to the place, came back, just like shell-shocked. Yeah. She just came back she, from Vietnam. This woman never told her story, whatever it was. But Michelle knew something happened. Right. right? So when all this stuff was going down with Bill Cosby... And it was everyone who was abused coming forward, coming forward. And a lot of these people were not in entertainment. They didn't have careers. And Michelle was like, as a smart, successful woman who's been on several series and had tons of money. Uh, she's married to Garrett Dillahunt, who's also an incredibly successful actor. She was like, you know, I think it's important that as a woman and as a black woman, I come forward and I say my experience. So I don't know if she wrote an article. I think she just posted on Facebook. And she was like, look. I don't have an ax to grind. He never did this. But this happened. And I know and I believe these women because yeah. all their stories I've are different it. but the same. Yeah. Like I've seen it. Yeah. He was inappropriate with me. I know he was inappropriate with this girl I worked with. Um, so give these women a break. And I thought so I like shared it and I was like, You go, Michelle, it's awesome, good for you. Yeah. And I thought that because it was not filled with rage. It was very succinct. It was very like, this is just mm -hmm. what I experienced. Um, she would be met with a lot of praise for yeah. doing this. And I ended up talking to Garrett about it later. And Garrett was like, it like near ruined our fucking lives. It's like the amount of death threats, the amount of people hiding bushes and reporters and people yeah. stalking their house. It was, it was fucking crazy. It was, it was, and she regretted it. She's like, I never should have done that. And meanwhile, I'm going like, I do think that Michelle was a tipping point in the Bill Cosby thing because yeah, I'm sure shortly after that, it, all the, the house the floodgates fucking open. Yeah. But when people like to take that leap and to do something like that, and like you said, it was well written. I had read, but I know what you're like. You're just telling a story, but people, their rage and their the I'm like. I loved Bill Cosby growing yeah. up. We I'd never miss a Cosby show. His stand up was I mean, he was one of my favorites like growing up. 
it's a hard pill to swallow, no pun intended with him, <laughs> but it is to to have to go, this person that I have built up to be, um, you know, just like put on a pedestal is not what I thought. Yeah. It, it's too difficult for people. It's like that with anything with politics with a, Michael with any, Jackson's a perfect example. Of yeah, that it's too. like no, I can't. I've loved this per, you know, a, an athlete. Like no, I've got I, the posters on the wall. My kids wear the jerseys. Like I can't. You, you have to understand. That's why, like I, I can't understand what people yell fight over like like a, two politicians. I always say I'm a political atheist. I don't know them. Like I'm not yeah. gonna dive on some grenade. For and and Bill Cosby taught me that I had to come to terms with. He's not the America's dad that yeah. I, I thought. Why know? do you think that people? And my only experience with that in terms of the internet world, which is such a weird, dark world. It's right? so it's it's and Twitter's ridiculous. a tough place. I tweet. I saw the F Leaving Neverland documentary, mm, and look, mm. I'm I'm an actor. I've been an actor for a long fucking time. Yeah. I think I have a pretty good bullshit reader. Mm -hmm. And I watched these guys and I was like, there's not a false fucking note with any of these people. I mean, there was people I read like, uh, you know, people that do like lie detector tests, interrogations and shit, watching it going. That yeah. You can, t I mean, the, everything about it. But then again, you know, we're, at the end of it, there was never going to be a gavel that hits the ground yeah. and says, guilty yeah it was we we just got to hear these these two men we got to hear their stories and that was it and we were left with our own opinions but i'm not i would never post like pedophile like i believe those guys and, yeah. and it's just there was there's too much there'd be it's just too coincidental that like well i remember the tweet i wrote now i wrote i go if you believe Bill, Co uh, Bill Cosby, if you believe Michael Jackson's innocent, that means that it just turns out that this documentary features nine Oscar-winning actors. Like, the best performances in the history of film is yeah. captured by these normal people. Because I'm not even talking about those two. I'm talking about, like, the brother, the grandmother, the mother. Like, you're telling me they crafted those performances? I'm yeah. like, they should all be in fucking Big Little Lies right now. They should uh, all be Oscar-winning actresses. If they're the parents, able to lie the that well... I mean, with the parents, like the families talking, the families of those two yeah. men talking about like, you know, like f you just think, oh my God, this is, wow. What what are the chances that this, the most famous person in the world is taking an interest yeah. in the talents of my son? Of, he begging me, please let me stay, you know, like, yeah. and even the way that the, they talked about it, it, it was like, the attention that you were getting off of this huge celebrity that wanted to be in your presence. Like, and you're a little kid, of course you're going to be enamored. Like, yes, of course. How could you not be? That's yeah. Yeah. But, but because he, there's Michael Jackson in the eyes of the law is an innocent man. Yeah. And you know, like you can drive by schools with his name. You know, like there's like some musical still, to yeah, this day. because you wouldn't take it down. And you know, and he he will never be universally condemned as a pedophile. It just will never happen. I mean, I think that there's well, there's enough be, people that do, but there's enough people do. But when I went on Twitter and I tweeted that little thing, the amount of I don't know if these are Russian farmed bots, but the amount of people. <laughs> 
that came after me. Oh yeah. And they were they were int- and I, I realize now they're intentionally provoking me for me to say something to get banned from Twitter. Like they were saying just enough oh. without threatening my life, without just like oh. mocking me or kind of going after me. Find like with personal details about me. Oh. That like they'd researched and you know. Yeah. That they would come at me to provoke me, and then I'd say something like, I'd use mean language or say something. They'd be like, I'd get reported, and I'd be told like, Hey, you're getting reported by Twitter. So I was like, Oh, this is this is the plan. This is how they shut down people because there's obviously a group of people on computers somewhere in the world that are hired by the Jackson State to shut down any comments yeah, about Michael anything Jackson. that's like threatening your life or threatening, yeah. you know, like. And Leaving Neverland, I think, is now off HBO. No, it's still on there. Are you sure? I'm almost oh, positive. Okay. We'll, we'll, look, we'll find that afterwards. <laughs> I'm almost think. positive it is because I got my mom hooked up on the HBO Now thing. She likes – it's so – Bitch, you better give me your password. Yeah. <laughs> so I got her hooked up on that, and she's now just like balls deep blowing through documentaries like a yeah. motherfucker. Has and she watched that one yet? Uh, yeah, she did. And she was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. she, she, the woman loves a good documentary. Wow. As do I. That's- so um, so we definitely sidebarred quite a bit. <laughs> um, so what were we getting so back to? We, grammar. We were it back, was grammar. It was grammar, right? Strunk and white. No, but it was um, – so after this Chris Brown happened yeah. uh, and you're with agents, now obviously that died down fairly fairly quickly. It You know, it did and uh, it sucks that there's – you know, like I wouldn't know if I had meetings or something like, oh, there's – my agents would set me up to meet with – you know, whoever production people sometimes, you know, you have an idea for a pilot, blah, blah, blah. I would, I could always tell when the person knew nothing about me and just right before I walked in, they were like, let me just Google this person. And so then I'd walk in and they're like, so picking any more fights with Chris Brown, huh? And I, uh, yeah. So no, let's no, no, you know, it, it just was, like to be tied to that is well that's interesting because i mean people get famous in a lot of different and weird ways you know what i mean yeah and it's really not how you get famous it's it's what you do with your extended platform at that point and since then so you you started and you started headlining comedy about three years ago you started being a headliner or yeah i i mean i i feel like because of twitter i haven't been doing stand-up that long and because of twitter i i do feel like i got it got to cut in line a bit that's fine. I know some comics are like, oh, I hate it. But like, whatever. I'm That's sure. still comedy. It's, it's connected to comedy. So And, and you know, one thing that Pat Oswald actually was one that told me this, you know, when I was saying like I wanted to do stand-up. He goes, the great thing is you have jokes that work. You already yeah. know it. Yeah. You know, and that that is the cool thing about Twitter. Like, I can test something out just tweeting something. Yeah. And by that response, I can go, okay, well, that got a lot of play. I can work with that. That, yeah. you know. Because with stand-up, you can't practice. I mean, you can practice by yourself, but you need an audience to know audience, if some yeah. shit works. Like, I don't know if you do this. Sometimes I'll, like, talk to my mom on the phone. or my They have no idea. I'm just trying shit out. Like, we'll just be having a conversation. I, like, work something in. And if they laugh, I'm like, okay, I'll try that. Yeah, like, exactly. And you tweet someone gets, like, three likes. You're like, well, that's not yeah, going to my act. Yeah, womp, womp. But no, then think- sometimes, weirdly, I'll just, like, my st- Stand-up isn't, like, verbatim. Like, I mean, I did a week of shows with you. Yeah. In, in Vegas. Like, it's... I have my set, but I... You know, you can kind of go off the rails a little bit. You can, you know, if you're feeling the crowd, if you... you might yeah. Something might pop in your head that you... 
say, oh, let me see. And sometimes it works. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just, I always record my sets to remember if that shit works, but like. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things I think when I tell, I always try to have like a long extended story that I throw jokes into. And a lot of times on Twitter, I'll write a joke. Like I just wrote a joke that I thought was funny mm-hmm. and it was based on like a podcast I did where I talked about finding out I was a dad uh-huh. and being with a woman who said, I can't get, she said, I can't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And the guy did the Sandy Danto, who's hilarious, was like uh, a woman saying, "I can't get pregnant." That I go, "I can't get pregnant" is a female version of just the tip. <laughs> and I was like, "That's fucking great." I was like, "Can That's I really tweet funny. this?" And uh, he said, "Sure." So I tweeted it and got like, "No." I mean, he retweeted it, but got no likes. But then I put it on Instagram, I got a thousand fucking likes. Instagram, yeah. Th- but I'm like, how do I? I'm like, where do I put that in my act now? I don't yeah. know where that will fit in. I have a lot of one-liners on Twitter that I don't know where to fit into my app. Well, I th- I actually prefer Instagram now because I feel like there's more, I don't know, credible people on Instagram. I feel like Twitter is now turned into this just like... Twitter can be very anonymous. It's just like, yeah, the, this like, you know, paper bags over everyone's head. Just, you know, yeah. and on Instagram, you know, peop- <laughs> what I, I actually love is when people leave a comment and try to be shitty. I don't even have to go after them. Because it's there. All the other people that follow me will go, well, who the fuck, fuck you. do you think you are? I'm like, yeah, I don't even have to engage in this shit. You know, yeah. it's like, I, lo- I Instagram's my favorite thing now. But I mean, Twitter was so good to me. I don't, Yeah. I, I can't, I can't abandon it. But I certainly think that there's so much hate on Twitter. Like, you can't, the, what happened to me 10 years ago on Twitter wouldn't, I, it couldn't happen to someone now because I think it's just a different world. There's so many people. There's so many other platforms of social mm-hmm. media that people get sidetracked with, like Instagram. Even with Instagram stories and shit, I don't even know how to do that. I just, if somebody puts me on one and I like it, I like add to my story. You betcha. <laughs> and I, like, I'm the same way. Hey, I have no idea even how to do it. Yeah. But I mean, there's just so much anger on twitter that now like i can tweet something and i've done i've run how this many followers do you have now on twitter i don't know 400,000 like okay. that i guess i yeah i lose a lot and get i don't even know the yeah the way it works now but on i've even like done a test where i've found like an old tweet of mine that was really popular uh-huh. and i've just posted it again yeah. And it'll just crickets. Wow. It's like, how could that have been like like 5,000 retweets and yeah. now this got like 50? Yeah. Or, you know, it's like, there. it's just a different, it's a different thing. So like, I'll post something on Instagram and then post it on Twitter and just to see the, the different, it can just get so much love on one yeah. and nothing. On I think other. that's, I think that's the move now. And Kirk Fox does this a lot. Is it'll just be a picture of him on stage, like a, a stock photo of his on stage's stand up, and then he'll have a text of a joke. Right. And then he'll do a little blurb underneath, like yeah, Hi, yeah, yeah. blah blah blah. And and it's a great so then you have a visual, you connect his face with the joke, and then yeah. it might be and it doesn't lend itself to the same anonymous trollery no. that Twitter does. Yeah, and I I'll post the same like and if you attach a picture to something, like people are lazy. Like if they, oh, I have to click twice, you know. <laughs> and it's like on Twitter. Oh wait a minute, so I gotta get, and then I gotta. Ah, oh, fuck it. Oh, yeah, I had this. I had this. 
I was in Pittsburgh and I was at this furry convention because I thought it was hilarious. And I was linking arm with these two furries on the street. And on Instagram, I said, hey, I'm getting that threesome I always wanted. I guess I got game, like in quotes, game. I know how to get tail or whatever. Or like, yeah. or I, said, I said, like, I don't know if these are men, but don't ask, don't tail. Because whatever, it's stupid. Anyway, so I put it on Instagram and it linked, said, you want link? I linked it to Twitter. Uh-huh. So Twitter just goes, hey, I got that threesome I always wanted in downtown Pittsburgh. <laughs> and then there's a link. So I had like yeah, you can't a girl I was you dating like, you fucking piece of shit. So you were having a threesome, weren't you, you fucking asshole? Having a threesome. Here you are being like, I'm like yeah, you have to turn did that anyone off. click on the Instagram thing and find it was a picture of me with two furries? See, I don't, I don't link Instagram with Twitter because it doesn't yeah. do it accurately. <laughs> I, if there's a picture I have, I'll just separately That's link it. Because if you have to click on that, then get to the mm-hmm. – people won't look at it. Yeah. Like – it's it's just this is the world we live in. We want immediate gratification. We mm. want immediate oh, double click. What? What? And then I got it. What is sign? Uh, <sighs> Password. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where do I leave a mean comment? Yeah. Uh, so what? Where are you? Are you are you acting now? Is that something that that? I've done little things here and there. I mean, but it's not really of interest to you, or it, you know, it is of interest to me, and I probably would do more if it presented itself. But I've. Like I've gotten little things here and there, yeah. Just because of a friend, yeah. You know, it it helps a lot when you're doing stand up to be like, oh, she was on that. Sure. You know, like I think it's great though when writers, good writers like you, and people have podcasts and comedians are like, no, nah, I don't want to be an actor. I mean, when Joe Rogan said on his podcast, he's like, I think acting's stupid. I'm yeah. not interested in acting. Meanwhile, Joe Rogan could probably greenlight a studio feature at this point. Probably. He's like, nah. Nah. I think that's great. Like, why does every comic have to be an actor? I, the reason that I would like do it more if it presented itself to me is because it's interesting and it's something I do, I have such a respect for and I love TV. I love film and I think that that's something if I was able, but I I feel like I know my limitations. I know what kind of energy I can give off. I know what kind of you know so-called actor i could be and like there's certain things that i'm like oh i got this one line on something and then i'm walking around my house for a month like oh would you like (laughs) would you like to would you like to uh hey like you know it's it's a fun it's a fun thing to do and i'm not but I'm not trying to sit here and pursue like a, yeah, of course. an acting career. So I've been but taking I Meisner for a year and a half. I certainly would not. Uh, I would be welcome to having like some little, any yeah. little part here and there. So then, what what is next for you as as we wrap this up? Uh, what is what is kind of like right now? I've I've been working on this, so I, I mean, it could possibly go nowhere. So I don't want to like name names name or names, say yeah, things, but like just taped a pilot lap, you know, like that I've been working on for a year. A pilot that you wrote? Uh, well, this one's different. It's like in a kind of like a talk show okay. style format and it got made into a, which is very cool. Like, you know, I've sold a lot of pilots before that have gone nowhere and that's fine. This is, but they were always like a half hour sitcom style. This is like for the first time, like a different format, like yeah. a, in a talk show way. So 
fingers crossed we're in post-production now so nice. we'll we'll see what happens i mean and always looking for more stand-up gigs so anyone listening anyone listening book Jenny your girl Johnson. Yeah. look her up she can she can bring bring some uh you know people to the club because she's she's got a, she's got a following she's very that funny helps. yeah and uh hey jenny you know what? I'm so glad you came. I've been bugging you for a while to come on. I know, and I'm glad we finally made it work. Yeah. And the reason is that I've had such a hard time is because of this pilot. <laughs> and I've been working like the most ridiculous hours, so I'm super happy to yeah to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, awesome. I, I, I love you. I, I think that um, you know, part of the reason I do this podcast is sometimes it's hard to be like, hey, you want to meet for a coffee at Coffee Bean? It's yeah. like, hey, Jenny, you want to do my podcast? It was a way for us to hang yeah, out. Yeah, I love up. it. It was fun. And you definitely f- finished the uh, the vodka soda. Yeah, I the know. the vodka so bang. Am I not allowed to have another? <laughs> yeah, of course you're going to have another. Now the party starts. Now okay. the party starts. Thanks for coming, Jenny Johnson. Check her out. Where do we check you out? Uh, Jenny Johnson High Five on Twitter, where everyone's fun. And then Jenny Johnson High Five on Instagram, <laughs> where everyone's actually fun. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that episode of The After Laugh. If you liked it, make sure you give it five stars on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and please spread the word. Thank you so much for supporting and check out our other podcasts on the Laugh Factory Network, Fanatics with Sean Joshi. It's the After Laugh, After Laugh. Welcome to the After Laugh, After Laugh, After Laugh. (laughs) After Laugh, man. (laughs) Go ahead, pull up a chair.